0: Welcome to the NLPcourses.com show, where we push past the height and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to Receive Our Newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice.
1: Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this session. I'm very excited today. I've got a gentleman called Ryan Fox. He's known as the Salon Consultant. And he runs a company called Umbrella Training and Consultancy Limited. He's, uh, he's very well known. He's helped many, many companies in running sort of hairdressers, salons, salons, and he's built a really vibrant business that's got a lot of buzz around it. I first met him nearly 10 years ago now on my NLP practitioner when he was just starting all this out. And what I'm hoping to do today is find out how he's been using the NLP skills and applying it to his consultancy, his training and his business and in life in general. So Ryan, hello.
2: Hello, John. Good to uh, hear your voice again.
1: Yes, it's been a long time.
2: It has been a while, yeah.
1: So There's a sounds like a lot's been happening in your life since we we first met 10 years ago on the NLP practitioner. Uh, So I'm really keen to find out how you've been using the NLP in your business and indeed your life in general.
2: Yeah, good. So, um, sort of going back, it's sort of a 10 year anniversary thing, really, in a way. So it's quite interesting to sort of look back. Uh, So, it was back in 2007 where uh, I was actually made redundant from my. Job. Um, I actually worked in the hair business, but I worked for Weller, the hair company. Um, As so I was, I was made redundant, and uh, part of the package was to um, have some investment in your own like development. So I chose to use that um, for, for the NLP course that that I did with you. Um, and I have to say, it was um, you know, it was uh, probably the best thing I could have done at that time in terms of uh, trying to move myself on um, into a new sort of role, really. Excellent. Uh, so I decided to, um, I could have just, you know, got another job in the industry, but I, I always wanted to have my own company, do my own thing, to be honest. So I actually saw it as, a, as an opportunity rather than a, a sort of negative experience. Um, so, yeah, I actually had a two-week uh, year old daughter at the time when I was paid redundant as well so it it was quite a difficult decision um but it it's definitely you know has been the right decision for me um so yeah so I decided to do the NLP course and then um you know I really think that at that time it really armed me with the confidence to realize that I had all the resources that I needed within me really um and yeah, I think it, it did give me that extra bit of uh I say confidence to to go it alone really
1: excellent. is there anything from that training that stands out in your mind that you thought yes that that was the turning point or was it after the training?
2: well I think you know right from the sort of the very uh, well I actually did the free course with you first um and that that gave me the the sort of first bit of confidence and the realisation that, that I could do this um, and then by the time I was sort of, so that sort of got me prepared so I sort of knew the redundancy was coming but um, so by the time I got to that moment um, I was actually sort of in the right mindset to, you know to actually then say actually you know I could do this uh, and then that's when I did the full practitioner which then took me to a whole you know whole new level being able to then sort of use that and structure my business. It took it from a sort of personal confidence thing into a sort of a serious sort of business proposition, really.
1: Excellent, excellent. So thinking back on that time, because one of the things about any course in general is when you learn something, how do you start to apply it? I know it's been nearly 10 years now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But when, when you think about sort of what were the first few things that you sort of thought about, given a go or does it
2: just seem to become natural to you well I I think that being a sort of consultant is you need to sort of walk the walk yourself you know you need to be it's no good saying all this stuff if you're not actually practicing it yourself you know those good sort of techniques and those good um, disciplines really so I, I sort of started with myself and made sure that I was you know my values were aligned Um, And that was a big thing for me, particularly with with, um, sort of defining the business brand and my ethos of what I was going to actually do. Um, So, yeah, I think probably starting with the, the, um, you know, looking at my values, aligning my values, doing those exercises that we did on the course around that, um, yeah, really started the whole journey for me. I think there was a lot around outcome thinking that was a very powerful message that I took from the training um, of NLP it's one of the one of the cornerstones isn't it still it is
1: yes it's the um, it's an outcome orientated discipline so very yeah. clear goals on everything that we do
2: yeah so I, I mean I use that To this day, I mean, without fail, in my daily life, every day, you know, not just work, just generally just if I'm going into a conversation or a meeting, it's all about preparation for me that it's about knowing the end game and then being able to work out what are the steps that I need to take, you know, working back from that goal, you know, to get there. And a goal doesn't have to be like this huge, you know, 10 year plan thing. A goal can be, you know, just what do I, what decision do I want to get here at the end of this conversation? You know. So have um, you discovered
1: that some some of your clients or people that you know, they they hire you, they they they're seeking your advice, and you you ask them, so what is it that you want? What's your goal? What are we trying to achieve here? And they're not overly sure.
2: Yeah, often they haven't even thought about that. Really, I mean, obviously, goals, you know, targets, it gets banded around in yeah. business or whatever. But do, do people actually know what it means? Do they actually set their goals correctly? You know, and use the right process. Um, and I think that's where that you know you can get a lot more. Um, it's a lot easier to to achieve your goals. Obviously, if you've got the clarity on what they are, but also if you then align yourself to those goals, so that so that it pulls you towards it. You know, and that's another technique that I that I learned on the course with you, which was um, about you know, setting your timeline and, and working your goals along, set, along that timeline.
1: So would, would you talk us through kind of like a typical or a particular situation where you thought uh, this person doesn't really know what they want? How did you help them discover that goal, if you like?
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, I, typically I was, it's a starting point that I would work with with, with any new client. Um, So my clients are salon owners, um, so they've obviously got, they need to set business goals, they need to set personal goals. Um, So whenever I start working with a client, one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what are you trying to achieve here? Um, So for example, if um, there's many different ways to grow a salon business, um, and there's many different um, types of business. So some, some salon owners just want to be a hairdresser. Um, or I also work with beauty at salon owners as well. So it could be a therapist in that way. So so some of them want to remain as that and they want their business to be around them and they love the community and, and that's it's not about the money so much. It's more about you know creating their baby or whatever and they like to be fully involved in it. Others have done that and they want to move themselves out of that Um, position and they want their business to run without them having to be there yeah so um that's a very different proposition if i'm trying to help them um others want to create a bigger business so they want to have maybe multiple salon sites again that's a very different strategy um to um you know to the first two so it's really important for me when i engage with a client is to understand what their goals are and use that outcome thinking method, you know, to, to work, just, you know, define those goals, get the clarity and then work back the steps of what we need to take, the journey that we need to take with them to help them to achieve that.
1: So you often work backwards from that. So you, you, once you've got the clarity around what they're trying to achieve, yeah. you then step backwards from that.
2: That's how, I, that's how I apply the, the NLP thinking around that, yeah. And it seems to have worked very well for me, but both personally and obviously helping my clients. And that's, that's, I would say that would be one of the big cornerstones of how I built my business, really.
1: Okay, so it's been one of the, as you say, the cornerstone of making sure that people know what they want.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: So how, how do you know when you found it? Because sometimes people will say something because it sounds good.
2: True, yeah. So I'll always drill down a lot um, into the detail of you know, and ask a lot of questions around. You know, are you sure? You know, so I guess that that's using the sort of maybe more coaching techniques within NLP to, you know, to chunk down, or you know, to to drill down into the detail. Um, and then check against their value system. So I normally do. Um, so the values exercise that I did with you. Yes. Um, I, I often do that with with a client. In fact, it's it's built into one of my courses that I that I sell them. Um, one of the services, um, which is um, I call it um, role definition service, is, is what they purchase. And what that is 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 this taking their taking them on their journey defining their goals but then um, looking at the value their value system behind those goals so they may say that this is what I want but then by going through the exercise I will check their value system against that so that's the check for me that says um, you know whether they actually do mean this or is it going to work for them you know
1: so within the context of um, building the Either whether it's a a hairdresser where they want to just sort of do it themselves or build something bigger, yeah. One of the things you're indicating there is the values are really important.
2: Very much so, yeah, because they are very they're very intrinsically linked to their business in in my world because it is such a part of them. Um, so that even if they're a big multi site business, they've still got very a very strong value and brand ethos around um what they do and in fact that's if I look at the ones that get it right and the ones that get it get that wrong the ones that get it right are the ones that have a very strong brand and the values are very clearly defined you know and everyone understands what what that brand means.
1: Are you happy to share an example where you've got a client who um discovered what the values are and if you could share what some of what those values were and how they translated that into kind of the business situation sure yeah so i
2: I came across um, a salon that um, it's actually a beauty um, salon now she had three sites and they were all branded differently um, so they were all really operating as free individual businesses so the the journey that we just took um, which was only last year actually, was um, to bring that together as as a group under a group um, brand, so a new overall brand that she could rebrand the salons with and but it, but we needed to define all that you know the values of what that you know behind that brand. so we we knew what it should look like, the color scheme. Um, what it's you know what it should stand for how does that translate into their client service sort of guarantee and their you know their ethos around client service etc and also there's you know there's staff development and uh, you know the structure around that as well
1: so what would you in your opinion what's the difference between a value and a brand then they seem to be very much related
2: i think what well, the brand is um is what the client sees you know and it's the imagery and the you know the color schemes a recognizable item in itself and the the values of, of, of how you sort of make that make that come alive what you know the experience the client experience so it will be closely linked to a mission statement for example, so one of the things that I do define with a client is their you know their brand their values and their mission statement will be the next thing. Now, a lot of people, you know, it's a bit cheesy, a bit American or whatever mission statements. Um, If they're just used as a, you know, well, it sounds good. We'll put it up on the website thing. Then it's a bit meaningless. And that's when people get irritated by it. But if if it truly is... um, a sentence or a paragraph that defines what each team member does on a daily basis with the clients and the journey that they take and the standards that they, you know, aspire to, then it's you know, that's when it becomes, you know, worthwhile and real and and, and that's what I get my clients to define around that branding as well.
1: Okay, excellent. Have you got an example of a value that comes up for your clients as you know, whether on a personal professional level, what what if I said you, so what word would define a value? Did that make sense? Not really. <laughs> Sorry. As I said that, I realised it didn't make any sense at all. So, you know, so what, what values do your clients have? So would it be like a value of happiness, fulfilment? So have you got an example of a word that represents a value and how that would translate into the day-to-day operations?
2: Yeah, so um, quality is often a word that's used.
1: And yeah. it's banded it around quality, isn't it? Everyone sort of says yeah. that as a value. So yeah. how, how would that translate into something tangible?
2: So often that that is a word that is used. So my clients tend to be on the sort of higher end, I guess, mid to high end of like the sort of value cost level. Yes. Um, to justify what, you know, the sort of level that we work at, to be honest. But um, so quality is a really important and valid word for them because they're not providing cheap service. They're not providing essential or they're providing quality you know so quality for them in a hair salon would be that they their team have been trained to high standards and get ongoing um training from their product house and that they go on courses and keep their skills up to date that they are always on trends so they they know about age trends and and the you know the market changes so if a client comes in and says you know what is everyone wearing, you know, how are they wearing their hair at the moment? You know, the, the stylist needs to know that. They need to know that what's gone on on the catwalk, you know, what's what's in for this autumn season. But they need to then be able to translate that to the client in a meaningful way, in a, in a wearable way. You know, it's, you, they can't just take a 22-year-old model's hair and put it on a 55-year-old woman, you know? right. Have to take, they have to have the ability to take um, inspiration from that, but then translate it in a high street, you know, wearable, practical way for that client. So that's the sort of level where you're getting into, you know, quality. Obviously, there's the environment that they're providing, you know, so it'd be like a high quality, you know, equipment that they're using, nice chairs, you know, nice environment in general you know, the cough, the standard of the coffees that they're serving, the standard of the, the way that they've spoken to, they're treated, um, the standard of the products that they're using, you know, so the, the colour house, you know, are they using L'Oreal, Weller, Schwarzkopf, you know, one of the key ones, or are they using a cheap, you know, cheap and cheerful from the cash and carry, you know, that's the difference. So, so when you say quality, you've got to be able to back that up with, You know, we are quality because we are different to other salons because we provide this, 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 and this. Yeah.
1: So, so from what you said there, one of the key aspects there is most people could probably get the quality products and the chairs and the uniforms. Um, Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily translate as quality to the customer in a way that the staff interact and the. Quality starts with investing in the people, their training, and it seems to be ongoing. Did I understand that correctly?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean you it needs to be ongoing because things change, you know. It's not like you just go to college, you know, you learn to be a hairdresser for two years and you come out and that's it, I'm done, you know? That's very old you know, old thinking. In fact, hairdressing has never been like that, to be honest. It's always had a lot of ongoing training and support. It's built into the industry. Um, but obviously it varies as to the, you know, the level of training that you get and, you know, whether the, the salons take the opportunity to, to uh, you know, to send their people, you know, on training. But a lot of this can be done in-house. So another one of my services that i provide is the training plan. So, I'll go into a salon and I'll, um, you know, very often they, they do some training, but they haven't got it mapped out and haven't got it structured, they haven't got it on a regular basis. So, that's really what my training plan sort of brings to them. It brings the structure um, to ensure that they are consistent in what they do, you know, and they, that they plan in the training because, you know, things not planned in like that, they don't happen, do they?
1: They don't know excellent well thank you for giving some insights into your sort of business life and i know that you're sort of passionate about sort of getting that work-life balance together Um, and we were talking earlier and you said that you know you've actually cut back the number of clients you have uh, because you you know so many people wanted to work with you that you're finding that your personal life was being affected with that so so have you found nlp beneficial to some of the areas in your personal life as well
2: yeah, I mean, I think if I, if I ever sort of get lost, you know, and I'm a bit confused and I, I need to then sort of re-look at, you know, the direction or, you know, have I got this this balance right, I, I do turn back to the sort of NLP thinking. Uh, it does give me that sort of basic core. I mean, it helped me to set my value system and align my thinking anyway. So... I just—it gives me a really strong reference point to um to then, you know, just check against. To be honest,
1: um,
0: yes,
1: uh, definitely. Well, one yeah. of the things I do remember about you is you, you always took action. So you you would learn something, you'd implement it, and then pretty much the next day you you'd you'd have something done with it.
2: Yeah, thank you for recognising that. <laughs> <it, Tom>.
1: uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, it, it's an important them. trait, really, because there's so many people that will learn some wonderful skills and then not apply it to anything.
2: Well, that's right. I mean, I am—I was have, have been quite a practical person um, in a, in a sort of in an intellectual way, if you know what I mean. Not yeah. perhaps my hands so much, but if I decide to do something, then it needs—you know—I need to take action on it. So. I guess I'm lucky in that way that it um, comes naturally, but, um, it is, I mean, it's, again, it was, it's a fundamental, um, cornerstone. If you want to build your own business, you know, you can, you've got to, you know, it's good to do these courses and everything, but, but if you don't take action and, and implement and, and try these things out in a, in a real world situation, then it, it you know, it won't happen. So, you know, you, I would say if you if someone's thinking about doing the course and you know that's one of the things they need to make sure that they do they need to put it into action and, and they need to do it quite quickly because otherwise you forget don't you as well so
1: it's very easy isn't it yeah,
2: yeah. but it, you know it's but you don't you know it's not like this you don't have to do it all at once it, you can just pick that's that's the thing that I liked about NLP is that it's got so many little tools and techniques. That, and you can use them sort of stand alone. They they all gel together in this thinking, but there's a lot of just individual items that you can just pull out, use as a like out of the tool bag. It's like having a tool bag of um, of useful um, items that you can just pull out the right one at the right time. You know.
1: Excellent. Fabulous. So, and you'll certainly demonstrate that you take in a lot of the NLP skills and run with them and you're still using, by the sounds of it, a lot of the techniques 10 years after taking the course.
2: Absolutely. I mean, they just, it, well, I think also that when, when NLP becomes really powerful is when you, you're not even aware that you're using them in a way because they become so inbuilt in you and part of you and it's natural. When you first start off, it's quite robotic, isn't it?
1: Well, you're learning the steps, aren't you? You're learning yeah. technique at that point. Yeah. So if if somebody wanted to get in contact with you to sort of ask you, maybe they run a saloon and, and I'm not sure, it could be we have listeners all around the world with this podcast, so I don't know if you work internationally or not. Um, I do. I mean, I, you know,
2: increasingly I do work with people over Skype. You know, um, I have a client in Ireland that I go and fly over and visit now as well. Um and you know, there's no reason why I can't work with people, you know, all over the world. It's not uh, with the technology now; it's not a barrier. So
1: excellent. So how would how would they contact you, Ryan? So they um, find out more about you.
2: Yeah, they can just um, they can have a look at my website, which is um, umbrellaconsulting.co.uk. Um, that gives them all the links um, to me and they can just drop me an email or telephone me. Um, so my email is Ryan at umbrella And, um, so they'll find all the, uh, information that they, they need to on the website. I do get quite good rankings around, um, my SEO around, uh, salon consultant on, uh, on Google. So, um, That's where I get quite a lot of my work from now, actually. Yes. By people, you know, finding me in that way. Um, But interestingly, that's not, that is being built up quite organically, um, not from me paying a company to get me up the rankings, actually. I mean, I probably could get even stronger on it if I, you know, put some budget into that. But that has been, it's a genuine sort of listing Um, because I'm sort of quite well networked within the industry
1: yeah and Um, I think that's one of the um, key things that's come through today is that it's um, if you put the work in and you're willing to and you know you've been in business now over 10 years as a consultant yeah and uh, it it, when you hold yourself up to that high standard it does pay dividends
2: yeah
1: well I certainly find it's paying
2: off for me now I'm in a As you said earlier, um, I actually took the decision to, you know, take a few less clients this year um, just to get my work-life balance, you know, right. So, um, but, you know, it's great to have that flexibility that you can, and that control over your own destiny, really, which is what I enjoy the most. And it is, I mean, it's a lifestyle business that I've created, and that's, that suits me. That's, that's what I always wanted to create, so... It's certainly given me the lifestyle that, you know, that I was looking for. Um, and I've had a great, great time. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's been an easy option, what I did, but it's certainly been the right option for me. And it's been very enjoyable, you know, to have that 10-year journey. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm now sort of looking ahead, planning my sort of exit strategy, actually, now. Um, so, which will be probably another eight years um, at the moment, I think.
1: There you go. But, well, form outcomes and goal setting really do make a difference.
2: Absolutely. But, I've, you know, I've really defined my exit strategy now. Um, and I, I, I've now got a plan in place and I've actually started, just started to, you know, to start on that journey. And um, so my my aim would be to become... Um, Mortgage and um, work. I could would be able to choose if I want to work or not at that point. Yes. Um. Ex- but, uh, the plan is all in place, and, and that you know that will be a reality in eight times. so what
1: we get you back in eight years. stuff. <laughs> no, excellent. So we're going to get you back in eight years to, to tell us how it all went. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you ever so much for your time. I know it's very precious. And if you've got any um, any questions for Ryan, he's a wonderful guy. He really is. And um, you can contact him at Ryan at UmbrellaConsultancy.co.uk dot uh, uk. his website, which is highly ranked, is uh, UmbrellaConsultancy.co.uk dot uk. Sorry, consulting.
2: Consulting. Sorry. Yes. That's uk. Yeah.
1: Actually, it doesn't help if uh, if I get that wrong, does it? <laughs> <Sorry about that. laughs> I'll find right, you until Google then. anyway, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Okay, right. that was great. Ryan's really shared a lot with us. And I hope you can take some of that and apply it to what you're doing. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care. Bye, everyone. And bye, Ryan. Thank you. And good luck. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to MLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter, where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neural linguistics, programming, and beyond.